0: You're listening to the GCSE Science podcast. 10-minute episodes for students, parents and teachers that covers the full GCSE specification. Welcome to episode 3 looking at cell biology, part three, microscopy. So we use microscopy to study incredibly small objects. And in the majority of the questions you're gonna see, it's going to be looking at cells or possibly the organelles within cells. Um, There are two common types of microscope that you'll experience at GCSE at A level and while at uni. And they both are able to magnify objects. That means they can produce an image that is larger than the actual object you're looking at. So you might be looking at a cell that is 10 micrometers across. You obviously can't see that with the naked eye, but the machine, the microscope can give you an image that is many hundreds of thousands of times larger and you can work with in a lab or in the class. Now, these two types of microscope, which we're going to go into, do the same job of magnifying an object and making the image larger. However, the way they generate the images is very different from one another, and each of their capabilities is very different again. So let's look at each of these microscopes in turn. So the two types of microscope that we're going to talk about are light microscopes and electron microscopes. So we'll start with the light microscope. So as the name suggests, it uses an external light source, which is a bulb, um, to illuminate or light up a specimen that you've put on a slide. The light microscopes have a comparatively, so when compared to electron microscopes, a comparatively lower magnification and a lower resolution than the electron microscopes. And because of that, we use them to see larger objects, such as whole cells, and some of the biggest organelles, such as nuclei and vacuoles. Now, I use the term magnification and resolution there, just to kind of clear those terms up. Magnification is how many ta- how much times bigger an image is compared to an object. So if you had a mobile phone and it was six centimeters long and then somebody took a picture of it and printed the picture out and the picture was 12 centimetres long, they've magnified it by a factor of two. The image that they produced is twice the size of the actual object. And that's what you want a microscope to do. You want it to take an object, which is very small, like a cell, and the image it produces that you're looking at is much bigger, so you can see it in all um, the detail. So that's magnification, how many times bigger an image is compared to the actual object itself. Now when we talk about resolution, this is the ability to distinguish two points as being separate. So you normally would notice this, again, if we're thinking about mobile phones, if we had two mobile phones and one of them was a 10-megapixel camera and the other one was a 2-megapixel camera, you'll notice that the quality of the 10-megapixel camera is much better. It seems like there's a lot more detail in the picture. And that's because There's obviously more pixels of information and you can tell two points apart from one another a lot easier. So if a microscope has a higher resolution, it means that you can see objects as separate points even if they're really close together. So the light microscope has got a lower magnification and a lower resolution. It can't make images as big and it has difficulty in distinguishing between two points that are close to one another. Did you know, in addition to these podcasts, we also have online science help videos? Head over to teamscienceedu.co.uk to find out more. The second type of microscope, as we mentioned, is an electron microscope. So whereas the light microscope uses light, waves of light and lenses to focus the light, an electron microscope uses electrons to generate the images. So The magnification is much higher on an electron microscope, as is the resolution, the ability to distinguish between two separate points, they're both much higher for an electron microscope. As such, these types of microscope are normally used to image objects that are much smaller, so ribosomes, the tiniest of the organelles. And also if you ever wanted to see something in much greater detail, you would use an electron microscope. Now, due to ease of use and price differences, the light microscope is the one you would find in almost every single school lab up and down the country. And as part of the spec and one of the required practicals on the course, you need to know how to prepare a slide. That is, how do you take a specimen or something you want to look at and how can we get it ready to actually use it on a light microscope? And it's actually just split into four easy stages. The first one is you take a slide, which is a rectangular piece of glass, what we're going to put the specimen on, and you place a small amount of water onto the middle of the slide, just like one drop. Then the specimen that you want to see, it's really important because we have to pass light through it, we need a very thin slice of the specimen. So if we were going to, for example, image some onion cells, you'd want to take a thin layer of onion. You wouldn't just put a whole chunk there, because it would block the light out and you wouldn't be able to see it. So take a thin slice of the specimen, normally with tweezers, and put it onto that drop of water from step one. Now, obviously, because we're shining light through it, it's very difficult to see the cells or the organelles. So the next stage is where you would introduce some stain. That is a chemical you would put onto the cells or the specimen, that would highlight particular organelles or particular chemicals that you wanted to see. For example, if you had a stain that attached itself to cellulose, that would allow you to see the cell walls in the plant cells that you were visualizing. So step three would be using stain. And then the fourth step is to cover the whole thing up. So you take what's called a cover slip, which is a very thin plastic square, see-through, and you place it on top of the specimen. Now, instead of just putting it flat down on top like you would a piece of bread on a burger, it actually needs to be tilted down at an angle. What we're trying to do is avoid having air bubbles being caught in the specimen because they would make it very hard to see any of the specimen at all. So you lower it down from one edge, slowly dropping the other edge of the cover slip down, and this will improve your view of the specimen. Now, the last bit to tell you about is a little bit of maths involved with this topic of microscopy. There's very few opportunities to use equations within a biology paper, but this is one of them. There are some questions that may pop up where you have to calculate either the magnification of an image, the size of the image, or the size of the actual object, um, given any combination of those previous two things. Now, the equation that you need is image size, equals magnification, times actual size. And obviously you can rearrange those to get any of those three permutations. The main error that I've seen while marking exam papers is when pupils have been using image size and actual size, the numbers they've put in they've had different units for them for example the image size could if it was a picture that was printed on the exam paper could be in centimeters or millimeters the real size of the object now it normally comes from a cell will be in micrometers it's really important that you convert one of those numbers so that the units match up this is true of any of those equations you use The units of distance that you put in, the size of objects that you're using, whether it's micrometers, millimeters, nanometers, centimeters, whatever you're using, you have to make sure that both numbers are the same. So that'd be my one tip when you're using calculation of magnification questions, always make sure your units are the same. There is an accompanying set of notes that goes with this podcast. So if you'd like that to read or to print out for your own revision notes and files, then feel free to head over to TeamScienceEdu, teamscienceedu E-D-U, TeamScienceEdu.co.uk. We'd like to thank you for downloading this GCSE Science podcast. Hopefully it helped you a little bit in the topic we were discussing today. If you have any questions, then please feel free to contact us through TeamScienceEdu and we'll try and answer any questions we can in a future podcast.